G'day and welcome back to So Rare Grind. This is episode 6. Feels like, uh, it doesn't feel like long, that long ago that we started uh, episode 1, Jack, probably because it wasn't actually that long ago, but uh, we're here at episode 6 already. Uh, I'm your host, I'm Joel, my manager name is Afrikiwi, and I'm joined by Jack, manager name Jack Hammond444, as we delve into the universe of Soria. Jack, game week 270, let's kick it off. How did it go for you? Um, pretty interesting game week, bro. So um, I actually went around to your place, Joel, to watch some of the games, which was quite fun. You're a 30-minute drive away from my place. So uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty fun. Don't usually do that. I think that's the second time or so. Um, and we tuned into the Jeju versus Suwon game, right, Joel? Yep, Jeju that was, that was like the big game for for me anyway. Probably a pretty big big game for you in the grand mm. scheme of things. But I have a Jeju stack. So um, throughout the game, I, I was like not very optimistic that my boys were going to pull through with the reward. But uh, by the end of the game, um, miraculously, uh, my boys had scored a 400-point score. And... Uh, it was all thanks to three pretty late goals from Jeju. Um, and all of my five players that I selected in my Jeju team were the top scorers for Jeju. Um, so I was buzzing. And it was, I was pretty fortunate because Kim Dong-jun, the Jeju keeper, got given an assist temporarily. He's actually been... Uh, this has been withdrawn from stripped the Stripped of um, his assist. Yeah, stripped of his assist. Stripped away from but him. To be fair, to be fair, you know, like, he played an absolute blinder of a pass for the first goal. Um, yeah. So I can see maybe why it was scored in assist originally, but I do understand that it wasn't like direct pass to the goal. So I see why the assist was taken away. I mean, I, I don't know who's doing Opta, yeah, who Opta has employed for them and um, Kaylee, but there's been some shockers so far that like, you know, the Oh Young Hoon uh, assist that wasn't given. And then instead, you know, they stole it from him and decided to give it to uh, the keeper for Jeju. But then they stripped it. So, yeah, I don't know. It, was, it seemed pretty obvious that it wasn't an assist from him, like if, if you were watching the game. So I don't know what their, uh, what the person that they've employed to, to do it is, is doing. But, yeah, I thought that was – I mean, I forewarned you at the time that it was going to hurt that they were going to strip it. Yeah. I mean, it took a while for them to strip it, to be fair. Like, yeah. I, I know you said it takes, like, maybe 24 hours for it to be completely confirmed. I don't know if that's accurate or anything, Joel, but yeah, like I think it got stripped away probably after 24 hours after the mm. game. So um, I'm pretty gutted that it did get stripped because, you know, like I would have had over 400 points. So I finished uh, on 372 points. And usually that kind of score, um, like traditionally would probably get you at least a tier two, probably a tier one, most likely, or a star. Whereas like I'm mid tier three, um, I'm 291st in Asia. Uh, and even with my 400-point score, I would have been in Tier 2, which is pretty baffling to me. Uh, the Asia division scored really well. So, um, yeah, that, that was my most successful team this game Here's, week. A, here's um, a, a little yeah. question for you, Jack. Do you, do you know, of, of all the um, Asia limited game weeks we've had, so it started in game week 196, was the first ever Asia limited game week. Do you know of mm. all the game weeks that there has been, it's, this is the 45th? Asia game week limit, limited game week we've had. Do you mm-hmm. want to? Uh, sorry, forty fourth. Do you want to um, hazard guess as to um, where this one ranked in terms of 
like the the minimum score uh, yeah minimum score required to win a reward oh i mean it's got to be up there right like i think you probably needed at least 330 points to get a reward probably was, even more probably 340 it was, it was 360.22 wow to win a reward which is insane uh, and it's the most difficult game week ever um in, in asia by mm. a decent margin i think the next most difficult is somewhere around uh, three, three thirty points. Three, three wow. thirty-five, was the next most difficult. So you, it's a massive twenty-five points more. Um, yeah, insane. All the big, all the big players scored pretty big this week. So um, yeah, incredibly tough game week. Sorry, Jack. Mm. Yeah, because. Like I'm looking at the price pool for next game week because I'm just seeing if it's even advantageous to put an Asia team together. So, yeah, I mean, I know there's only two J-League games commencing, but the price pool is half what it was in 270 because in 270, the price pool was 450 carts and this game week in 271, it's 220. So, yeah, a little bit interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, just my luck. I think that's my highest score ever um, on SoRare and I'm getting a mid tier three <laughs> which is pretty funny so in terms of the uh rewards what, what was the rewards look like for you you're getting a couple this week um so i'm going to be getting two tier threes i believe uh, i'm absolutely hanging on with a thread in my all-star team which is pretty hilarious i'm on i'm position 2214th i believe and i think you need to finish like in the top 2000 300 2350 yeah 2350 okay i'm looking at it now you're about 2.75 points inside so you're going to get some absolute piece of junk (laughs) (laughs) unless you're you're really lucky yeah and then all the other teams are pretty much stickers um my casual team did all right uh but you know other than that that's that's all i'm going to be getting yeah very tough game week i actually have gone through and looked at my because I don't really have much of a presence in, uh, well, neither of us in the European leagues. So I didn't really have a deep dive into that, but a really tough game week by all accounts across multiple divisions. Um, Global All-Star Limited, I think that was uh, the toughest weekend game week um, mm. ever in an All-Star in terms of the score needed to win anything. And so the midweeks tend to be either like tougher or easier they, they kind of can go either way depending on whether so rare have got their maths right but um yeah that that was the toughest weekend game week for global all-star um under 23 interestingly it wasn't not sure why that is um i guess uh some dm some dmp some rotation and some of the leagues perhaps i don't know um just maybe some of the under 23 players not scoring particularly well um or just not that many people playing it i don't know because it it looks like um i mean it's it's it was a decently tough week but um there's there's been tougher weekend game weeks uh <clears throat> limited americas it was uh, also a particularly tough game week i think not quite the the toughest that there has been but one of the toughest um that there has been since limited uh americas has been running um and specialist as well um you know was was noticeably tougher than it was in game week 268 
very similar number of usable cards, very similar number of teams entered. Um, so on those sorts of metrics, you would have thought it would be quite close, but um, the points needed to win a reward and any level of reward was significantly higher than it was in 268, um, which I thought uh, was interesting. But in, interesting, Underdog was the one division that bucked the trend. Uh, it was actually the easiest it's been uh, in terms of score required since Game Week 262, when um, when there was uh, more restriction on, you know, it was only the L15 of, of 40 um, rather than 45. So, yeah, we had the easiest um, underdog uh, in terms of getting any reward. Uh, in terms of getting a star award, it was the only week that was easier was the very first week. Um, tier one was um, up there with one of the easier weeks um, as well. Tier two, um, again, um, was, yeah, it was, I think that, again, yeah, except for the first week, the one of the easiest weeks ever. So that was really interesting. Um, it's like perhaps some of those, um, my theory, I guess, is, is that it was due to some of those lower scoring uh, players either being at a combo of uh, rubbish teams that are potentially getting relegated uh, or those players that perhaps might be used in underdog, um, you know, tend to be a bit more of a rotation risk. And we've seen uh, quite a bit of rotation in those teams sort of with uh, meaningless games where they've got nothing to play for in the league. So, or maybe it's just people sort of um, not really putting as much time and interest into underdog. So I'm really intrigued by that for Game Week 271, Jack. I think that could present a really good uh, opportunity if that, that trend continues. Um, so in terms of my um, performance, obviously we had the um, Twitter um, team, um, which uh, had a great start um, with uh, Iwanami from Urawa scoring really well, um, getting a, I think it was a, a 70, um, 72. Um, and Osmar and Ki Sung Young scoring really well as well. Team was let down by the by Twitter's pick of Kuhn Sante and goal. Both you and I thought uh, Nishikawa was a better pick and if uh, Nishikawa was in goal, the community would have won a reward. But as it stood, 314 points overall was not enough for anything, which was pretty tough because most game weeks it would have been enough to win something. Um, so I'll probably just give something away. We'll see. I, I have won one reward, which was the uh, Specialist Limited League, narrowly missing out in a Tier 2. So it should be a, a better Tier 3. I don't know how many actually decent tier threes there are, but we'll see, see what it is. Um, might end up getting that card away instead uh, or another card in the gallery. Um, I felt a bit, felt a bit bummed for the community <laughs> that there uh, isn't a win there. Gerso was a poor captain choice um, as well, although the captain choice in All-Star uh, Limited is not quite as significant as it is in like um, Underdog where you know, picking a 40-point scorer versus a you know 75-point scorer as captain is hugely different. Whereas when it's 20%, you're only talking about seven and a half, eight points, which wouldn't have made a difference um, on winning a reward or not. Um, so, and then probably the most frustrating result of the week was the All-Star Rare team. Leo Silva had a, one of his best games. The guys are 
reliable machine doesn't really play the whole game ever except for this game. Um, scored a 65.8, um, fantastic threshold plays, 36 years young, but um, great scorer. And then uh, you had loaned me Jack Kang Yun Sung from uh, is it Kim Cheon, scored a solid 50. And then the three remaining players proceeded to not even get 50 points between them. Yukabayashi came off the bench for Kawasaki and didn't do much. Mitsumaru might as well have started on the bench because he started the game and got about a negative uh, 13 decisive, uh, not decisive, negative 13 um, AA score. But the most frustrating was Radetschke, my common goalkeeper, not playing for Leverkusen. Um, just about any other playing common goalkeeper would have gotten me to the um, to at least the 205-point threshold. So that was pretty frustrating. I felt that it could, there was a chance of even being in the running for a, for a card um, after that great start from Leo Silva, but uh, ended up being miles off um, from a, any sort of any card level in the reward. So, yeah, overall disappointing game week. But, Jack, as always, filled with hope for, for the next game week. Um, and I kind of like these, these midweek ones. I've had a bit of success. Um, it was my first real success was in midweek. Um, so why don't you just quickly um, take us through some of your lineups and, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll delve into... Um, digesting one of them in a bit more detail. Sweet. Um, I'm just trying to navigate through the new like user interface on Soria when going through my lineups. Um, but I'd say probably the most excited, uh, what, what the division I'm looking forward to most is specials this week, Joel. So okay. um, I am going with the defensive stack. Oh, sorry, I've hit my microphone there. Um, but I'm going with the defensive stack uh, with Allsan. So I'm going with the Goalkeeper, Joe Hyun Wu and Kim Yong Guan. I think they're both pretty nailed to start. I can't expect some rotation in a uh, big game like this against Jeju. So I've gone with them and I've got my Jeju second Asia. So, you know, if they keep a clean sheet, happy days. Um, I mean, I'm not too sad about my Jeju lineup in Asia. So go with them and my specialist. And then uh, my other premium option is going to be Lars Veldbeck, uh, who are playing against CNN, bottom of the league. Uh, and Suwon are traditionally pretty good going forward, so I'm hoping he can bang in a couple goals as their main man up top. And then my two uh, L15 40 players are going to be Mulich, um, hoping he gets the start or gets the nod this game. Uh, and the CNM manager isn't a tosser like he usually is and puts him up front. Yeah, uh, oh, mate. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. But For those, for those listening I, that are unaware, the he actually offered to resign and the the was it the CEO of the club or the executive of the club refused his resignation, which is just mad. I mean they are so like I think I think um there are no sure bets in life, but I think as close to a sure bet as Seongnam is getting relegated this season. I mean just <laughs> atrocious. Yeah, I know it's just frustrating to watch. And the lineups give me a bit of anxiety when they come out. But um I actually saw Joel, I was looking through Ross's predicted lineups for this game weekend. Um, he mentioned like the managers being a lunatic. I think that's a pretty, <laughs> pretty funny uh, thing to be calling a manager. But anyway, I, I've put him in. I'm, I'm optimistic he's going to start. And, um, you know, he's playing against Suwon, who, again, are traditionally not the greatest at the back. Um, mm. And I think actually, Joel, I, I don't know if you recall, but Lachlan Jackson um, 
was playing against JJ on the weekend and he actually came off um, thinking like the 65th minute and that's when the goal started to really roll in, you know? So I don't know if he's going to be out Lachlan Jackson or maybe get rotated for Quack Yunho. I think he might be a bit about out of favor, but I don't know. I'm optimistic that Mulish at home can, you know, maybe bang in a goal or get a decisive. So I've opted for him as my um, Alpha Team 40 player. And I've also got Lee Subin and there weren't really any other um, options that really appealed to me that much. I, I wanted to make sure I had the best possible lineup. And I think Lee Subin is probably the best option, even though he tends to get taken off, um, you know, around the 60th minute, um, around that kind of time. He doesn't usually play the full game for Pohang, but you know, there weren't too many uh, good options that are probably likely to start. I thought in, in the K league anyway, so uh, I opted for him. So that's my specials team. I'm really excited about that one. Nice. Nice. Certainly some common threads there. All right, do you want to just um, rip through your your other lineups and who you who you're playing and your, your other lineups? Yeah. So this is it's actually pretty easy to go through my other lineups. So I've got in Asia, I've got a JJ stack. Um, I don't have Kimo Q because he's suspended, but I've gone with Jesso and Jomin Q up top. So you know if they're banging in the goals against Olsan, happy days. My special team will be in the mud, but happy days if they do. And then got Lee Changmin, Chung Woon, and the JJ goalkeeper Kim Dong Jun. Mm-hmm. And then in my underdog team, I pretty much have a um, Suwon stack. Um, so I've got Yu Hyun, hoping he's going to be uh, the keeper, the starting keeper for Suwon on this game against Yunnan. Uh, I've gone with Kim Hyun as my captain. He might come off the bench, but I think if he gets over 60 minutes, he could definitely get a goal against Yunnan. So I've gone with him. Uh, I've got Kim John Wu. Wu? I think that's how it's pronounced. He's pretty cheap. He was one of the best value players um, on Sorry, according to that filter that you can put on when looking to buy players and he looks like he's going to be starting um started the last couple of games so i don't see why he wouldn't be signing this one uh and then i've got one do another awesome player um and at the moment i have leo Osaki, but i'm thinking um i'm gonna maybe get parkman ju i believe he's pronounced he's the fullback for Suwon. um so you, I think, probably yeah. gonna transfer out leo Osaki in in that lineup so it's just gonna be a Suwon uh stack in my underdog with one do pretty much and then in my goalkeeper special, I'm going to be doing a full stack of Suwon Bluings players because I'm going to know the lineup. So hoping for like a 2-3-0 win for Suwon Bluings, that'd be great. I've got Lee Kiji, uh, Elvis Saric, uh, who I really rate, actually. Uh, he's going to be my captain. And I've got Davey uh, Bultheus. Is that how it's pronounced, Joel? Bultheus, I think. I think you separate, the D and B in the, you separate the T and the H out, I think. Essentially, in okay. two separate words. Bolt house, a boy, right. bolt, bolt toys. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one, eh? But um, yeah, I'll be listening out to the commentators if there's any commentators on the game, see if I can hear the pronunciation, <laughs> what's right. <laughs> um, and I'm also going to, I've got Kim Min Jun, the old son forward in there, but I'm going to swap him out uh, for the Suwon Bluings for that's starting the game, um, just because I don't know who's going to be the starting forward for Suwon Bluings. So I'm just going to wait for the lineup to come out and then I'll probably pick yeah. up that player. So. Um, yeah, and then All-Star, I've just got Nishikawa and Schultz uh, as my Urawa defensive stack. They're playing uh, Yokohama. And I'm also wanting to pick up Iwanami. Um, I've got another Leo Osaki in that lineup, but um, not too sure if he's going to start with Kikuchi back from suspension. So I'm wanting to pick up Iwanami. Um, I've got 488 bips in the account, so I've got to pick up the Suwon forward, so, sorry, the Suwon Bluings forward, Parkman Ju and Iwanami. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. I'm going to be pretty tight. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and I've got Bruno Lamas. Hopefully he can get a decisive. Uh, and I've got Kim Day Wan. So those are my lineups. Nice. 
Yeah, I think. Yeah. So there's definitely some some common threads. The the uh, Suwon player you mentioned, did you say it was Kim Dong Woo? Who was the who was the Suwon player? The cheap, the one you said was really cheap. Um, yeah, Kim John Wung. Yeah. Kim Dong uh, Woo. I mean, it's the so it's Kim and then John G E O N. Uh, he's listed as a midfielder, but um, I think he's been playing centre back um, some games. Maybe maybe holding midfielder. Um, oh, Kim, oh, okay, here we go. Kim John Wong. Yeah, John John Wong Wong or something. Wong 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 Wong. Yeah, sorry about that pronunciation. If I'm offending someone, but doing my best, trying my best. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see the um. Right. He's he's had a, a lot of lot of thirties and forties scores. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, missed, missed the last game against Yongnam, so you didn't really get to see any. Mm. Read on that. Oh, yep. Yeah. Sure. Alrighty. Well, mm. for uh, for myself, uh, perhaps I'll talk about my specialist team as well um i do have hope for for that team and for the underdog team I've, i'm still 50 50 on a couple uh, of players and i think probably will um you know given that we've got the incheon daegu uh game as well as the uh suwon bluings versus gimcheon uh games both you know, pretty much on the deadline those lineups being available before we lock in teams i think i'll probably um end up making one or two changes based on on the announced lineups, but my specialist team, I'm going with the, the Urawa stack of Nishikawa and Iwanami. Uh, tough game against um, Yokohama, but Urawa have been pretty good at home, um, pretty defensively sound. Um, there's a chance that I may end up switching it out for the, the Daegu stack, um, but we'll see. Um, so that, that currently is, is sort of my defensive, defensive stack there. They've been in fine form. Um, in, uh, at the midfield slot and one of my L15 uh, under 40 players, I've got uh, Nisala uh, for Suwon. He, um, I don't actually know that he featured. Oh, no, he, I think he did got an assist, I think, last time they played Seongnam. He's usually on um, the free kicks when he's playing, given he's been sort of um, out of the squad a little bit um, recently or sort of rotated. Um, it's my expectation that given the number of games that they have, given the expectation that they should be winning this one and they've got you know, a tough game at the weekend against John Book, I feel it's quite likely he ends up um, starting this game. Um, he, actually, he didn't get a decisive last time they played Seongnam, but yeah, my, my uh, hope is that uh, with... Seongnam's shaky back line. He can be um, delivering a ball into Feldweig or um, uh, Kim Hyun for uh, a goal. I may end up swapping him out, but for now, he's in he's in that team. Uh, my other uh, L15 under 40 player is um, one of the uh, Suwon uh, Blue Wings forwards, um, Ryu Seongwoo. Um, young guy, but he has been playing just about every game for them. Um, and has kind of consistently beginning sort of somewhere in the 40s. Um, but I am potentially going to swap him out for Mullich, who I currently do not have in, in any teams. Because, um, uh, yeah, I, I think your, your reasoning there, Jack, on 
um, the chance of him scoring against Suwon is is, um, is is very valid and it's quite a decent chance that it occurs. Um, so we'll see there. And then I've got um, as my extra Changwon for Jeju because uh, he scored particularly well last time out against uh, Ulsan. I think there's a reasonable chance that he scores decently again. He doesn't need to keep a clean sheet necessarily to score well. And I think um, tends to do well um, in his all-around score when they're playing against decent teams. Um, so that is my specialist lineup. Um, and my I'll run through. Uh, did you've got what? Have you, are you submitting a goalkeeper special weekly? I don't know. Yeah, so one blowing yeah. stack. Oh, that was just one blowing stack. So uh, I'll go through mine. Uh, I've got Lee Yong uh, in there uh, for John Book. Um, June Amano, uh, captain um, for Ulsan. Kim Hyun, uh, forward for um, for Suwon. Uh, and Kasper Jonka for Urawa, who I reckon gets the start um, against uh, at home against Yokohama. Uh, then an underdog, uh, I've picked up uh, Yang Hyung-mo, the Suwon Blue Wings keeper. Uh, currently, I have uh, Oban Suk, defender for uh, Incheon, uh, in, uh, <clears throat> in centre-back. We'll see whether he's, he starts or not. I've gone for a double John Book um, feature uh, in this lineup with uh, Ryu J. Moon uh, in midfield, missed the last game, uh, and Ilyachenko up front. Um, I expect that John Book are going to play more of a 3-5-2 formation. Uh, and then I've got Park Min Gyu, um, the uh, fullback for um, Suwon um, FC. Uh, and then in my uh, limited uh, all-star lineup, I'm going with the debut defensive stack, Oh Seung Hoon and Jong Tae Wook. Um, and we'll know for sure whether they're playing. Um, and then uh, a bit of a, another sort of semi-stack of Osmar and Ki Seung Young for Seoul, away to Gangwon. Um, Osmar, the captain, due to his Superb scores. Um, and Gerso, um, Fernandez up top uh, for Jeju. Uh, under 23 team um, is a little bit of a just sort of gamble team, bit of a throwaway team. Um, not expecting anything out of that. America's, um, I currently only have three uh, decent players with, with a game. Um, am contemplating adding picking up a defender and afford to actually have a proper team. Um, we'll see. Um, but at this point, it's a bit of a throwaway. And then Asia, finally, uh, going with a Gangwon defensive stack uh, in their home game against Seoul. Um, they might be able to hold out at home. So that's Yusang Hoon and Goal and Rim Chang Wu um, in defense. Uh, a bit of a um, Jeju semi-stack of uh, Chang Woon as my extra defender and Choi Young Joon, midfielder for Jeju. And then uh, my second copy of Kasper Jonka um, up front and captain in that Asia lineup. Uh, and then in rear, <clears throat> I'm going to be picking up a defender, um, quite possibly two defenders, in fact, um, of Bolthouse or Bolthoise, however you pronounce it, uh, given we will know for sure whether he's playing as well as Oban Suk for Incheon um, and um, so pairing uh, Yeram who I have in midfield 
uh, fairly average scorer, but all right for the threshold team because he was cheap as chips. Um, and uh, Yu Kobayashi up front for Kawasaki Frontale, who I think uh, comes in uh, and potentially gets a start against Vassal Kobe, or um, at least will will feature off the bench. Um, so, and then with uh, Kevin Trapp as my common keeper with their uh, final of the uh, Europa League. That was Europa League um, against Rangers. Um, so those are my teams. Um, yeah, probably be a little bit of tinkering um, before the uh, the final deadline. Mullich quite possibly gets into um, one of the teams. Uh, and then there are a few other sort of extra players sitting around that um, could feature um, Lee Chang Yong. You know, scored well for me last time. Uh, Ulsan played Juju, uh, which was the when I won that. Uh, I finished second behind uh, one of the Surrey Odyssey guys, uh, an underdog. Um, game week was 25-9, I think. Jonathan Ring could be a shout um, for Jeju. Um, yeah, and there's a couple of others in there. Hong Chul, another Daegu defender. Definitely contemplating him. Kim Gun-hee could end up coming in for Suwon. Could be back from uh, Blue Wings. Could be back from injury if got him. So, yeah, probably um, just not, not going to be too, too, much, too many changes, but maybe one or two, depending on what those lineups look like that we'll see. Any, any thoughts on my lineups, Jack? Anything that you did or didn't like? Mm, it's pretty interesting. You, you've got me um, overthinking about my L1540 player, my specialist with Missler. And I'm also thinking, is Lisa Bin um, the right option? Like, is he going to score really well? Is he going to play the full game? And all these questions I'm overthinking a little bit. But yeah, I think I did the same. There, uh... <laughs> oh, wait, he's in my he's in my sort of throwaway under twenty three team. Um, mm. He's too because too decent just to just to stick in a training side. Yeah, because Pohang are playing John Buck at home. I think maybe them playing at home um, is pretty good. But John Buck, I don't know. They do play. They do have a pretty good midfield. So I don't know. It might be a bit tough for Lisa Ben. And maybe Lisa Ben doesn't even start. Uh, and I'm thinking maybe I want to pick a after team 40 play that's starting. Maybe I want to have them in my team. Maybe I could go with a mm. Swan Blue Wings Ford, for example. Um, you know, that could maybe back a decisive. Mm. Um, so I don't know, something I need to think about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Probably will be some some changes made. Alrighty, well, um, obviously you know, there's a few players we've picked up for those teams, but are there any um, transactions that you've made during in between well since the last podcast yet any players that you've um sold or picked up that you know isn't really covered by um our uh lineups, lineups. okay let's have a look um highly doubt i think everyone i picked up is um gonna be utilized in some way or some form uh yeah i've just picked up the sue and bluings players i've i don't think i've previously ever had any sue and bluings players before this game week um yeah, they're pretty cheap, and yeah. I don't know. I think they can do well at home. So try the goalkeeper weekly special, and I'll be a Sue and Blueing supporter from uh, 10 p.m. to midnight. This past week, we'll have a. We'll and you both, I think, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, looking they, forward to that. Um, they have been um, 
pretty good at home. Like they are pretty horrendous away, but at home they've not conceded many goals um, and they tend to score relatively well. So I think, um, you know, they're, they're reasonable. If you've got the funds to, to have them, I think for, especially for versions like underdog specialist, um, where you're constantly sort of like rotating who's involved, um, I think, you know, having that them for their home games is, uh, is a really good option. Mm. Yeah, so fingers crossed. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I don't know how long I'm going to be holding them, to be honest. I don't think it's going to be a very long time, but who knows? I, I could be pleasantly surprised. Um, that'd, be, that'd be the ideal outcome. Yeah. How about you, Joel? Have you picked up anyone? Um, yeah, you could say that. Um, <laughs> there's been a few, a few transactions uh, since... Uh, since the last podcast, so I'm just looking through uh, on Surrey data to get an idea. Okay, so um, <clears throat> yeah, there's there's been quite a few transactions. So um, I finally sold off um, uh, Chink Ozkacha, uh, the um, he's Turkish fullback plays for Leuven. Was one of my rewards. Um, pretty solid. Probably you know if I waited. Obviously, to the league restarts, could have gotten more funds, uh, more more of a, a a bit of price for him. But <clears throat> 156 bips for him, uh, I'm content with that. Um, can put those funds to, to use elsewhere. I picked up a Kim Gunhee, given um, Suwon Blue Wings um, look to be a little bit better under the new manager, and he's coming back from from injury, and should be one of their main forwards. And 66 bips for a limited. Um, should be starting forward, I think is really good value. Um, I sold off a couple of those um, players that I picked up from um, Kaiserispor, that uh, opportunistic team that I put together uh, failed, but uh, at least price-wise, I, um, I made a slight profit on them, not much, but I sold off Bullet um, and the Keeper, um, Actually, no, I haven't sold his keeper yet. Still got him. I could have accepted an offer um, for him for basically what I paid for him, but his price is actually a bit higher than that. Uh, sold off the cheapest chips centre back. Um, I uh, also made a bit of a change on the America's keepers. I had um, Tim Malia. Um, that 7 2 loss was pretty hilarious. Um, st- managed to make a profit on him overall, not in ETH terms, that is, not in not in US dollar terms, but in Ethereum terms, and um, I'm content with that. And I picked up um, Jailson, Jailson, the keeper for America Monero um, in Brazil. He's uh, the youngest player I have at 40 years old, and um, but looks, yeah, really solid score. I scored like a got like a 25, 26 all-around score in the last game um, despite them losing 1-0. Um, pretty hilariously, Surya Dada um, had him flagged as being injured um, thanks to the source of Sports Gambler and when you follow the link, it's a different Giles that's injured from uh, Palmeiras, midfielder uh, with an AC injury, so I think that stopped people from picking him up. I could have gotten cheaper than I did, but um, I still got him cheap compared to I think what he's going for now. Uh, I got rid of. Um, I've actually, um, and this is this is the some of the big news, Jack, and that I've 
uh, cut some of my soul FC soul ties. Um, mm. Wang and bomb out the door. Um, okay. I made a profit on him, but the fact that he's kind of got this niggle, they seem to be over protecting him. If he's just going to constantly be coming off the bench, that's just too many. Like 320 bips is too much to have sunk into a player that's not starting. Um, and I've also got rid of Joe Young Wook again. <laughs> Bought him in and sold, sold him twice. Um, this time, I, I didn't take, I think I might have lost like 15 bips or something, but the reason for selling him is actually not down to form. It's down to there's an under 23, uh, some games coming up or training camp. And uh, there are a few players that should be missing game weeks 15, 16, and 17 in the K League, which in so rare terms is game week 274, 280, and 281 or 282. Um, and he's involved in that team. So game week. So he's literally only got two two game weeks left until like game week two eight three or two eight two or something. So, you know that is, yeah, that's that's gonna um, hit his price, I think. Um, so I can always buy him back, but you know, again, too much money to have uh, sunk into a player that's not really gonna play, um, and he hasn't looked the most threatening. Um, I think Na Sang Ho, who plays on the other wing, looks much better. Is on the penalties. Unfortunately, isn't a forward in Syria, but um, yeah. So um, yeah, I've made the call to cut both of them, and I think Seoul are also losing Lehan Bomb, who's one of their centre backs, young guy, to that under twenty three side. So I think you know, and if if Wang and Bomb's got some sort of little injury issues or niggles, you know, that suddenly actually starts to impact the FC Seoul team a little bit. So um, yeah, sold them off. Uh, sold off one of my Yusang Hoons. Gang one made a profit. Um, could probably have gotten more for him, but um, used those funds basically to yeah, to bring in Yang Hyung Mo um, yeah, from uh, the Suwon Bluings. And then I also picked up um, Kim Seung Dae, who you might recall was the uh, forward who was at Jongbuk, um, not getting any game time, and sold back to Pohang, who he used to oh, play yeah. for. Uh, Pohang have the central attacking midfielder um, out at this under-23 um, sort of camp. Uh, go young June or go go something or other. Go go away to the under-23 camp, <laughs> more likely. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so with, with him gone and Kim Seung Day having come off the bench in the last game, um, and I think could actually be the starter, I, I think gets back in the team and potentially potentially pushes out um, uh, Go Young, Go Young June or whatever his name is. Um, so yeah, 26 bips for a, a forward that um, plays as a cam, but you know I think that that represents good value. So yeah, plenty going on, plenty going on. Um, busy last last few days. So um, yeah, with all the trading. Um, that is done, that we've done. I thought it'd be good, to, Jake, to talk about um, training, like trading strategy, and what sort of like strategy you employ. Because obviously, in so rare, you can you know play it really two ways. You can play it either um, in terms of just focusing on the SO5, 
side, putting a team of five together, you know, trying to win rewards that way, or making money by, um, you know, buying when players are low, selling them high. Um, always easier said than done, but um, obviously that buying low, selling high only exists because SO5 um, exists. If that didn't exist, then that whole you know strategy would pretty much uh, not not exist or not not be as doable. Um, but you know, obviously both of us employ a kind of a bit of a, a blend uh, of of both. Um, how have you been navigating some of like your your trading side of things recently, uh, and also with the fall and you know the uh, value of Ethereum? Obviously, has been like quite a topic on Surreal. Like you know, has that impacted um, some of your trading strategy recently, or or not much? Um. I think the first couple of days it kind of did. And, you know, because I've been using uh, USD as my currency of choice and not using ETH, which I probably should be doing. Um, yeah, it, it kind of has affected a little bit and seeing my Ross valuation going down in USD terms. Um, it's been a little bit annoying, but um, I think, you know, I'm not playing nearly as actively. I'm trying to focus on, you know, other um, parts of my life. I don't want to, you know, be playing so rare 24 seven. Yeah. So, I, I tend to just, you know, implement um, pickups that I think are going to be low risk. You know, uh, I, I want to mm. be competing in SO5. I think that's, um, you know, the enjoyable part of so rare. Mm. Um, you know, being uh, in contention to win, you know, competitive rewards. And I think, um, yeah, just implementing pretty low risk, uh, low risk pickups. So, for example, um, you know, people may have a different point of view to me, but I think uh, with this, you know, so on blowing stack that I've bought recently, right? I've, I've solely bought them for this uh, game week in 271. It's cost me, you know, uh, probably about $50, let's say 50 US dollars to compete. I don't think, um, you know, their values are going to go considerably down because they're playing mm -hmm. in 272, um, which is the next game week. So there's going to be demand for them. Um, so I think, you know, it's probably likely that, you know, the stack that I do buy is probably not going to go down more than 30% in value. And that would probably be about $10, $15. Whereas, say, I don't know what the likelihood would be of me winning a reward on this goalkeeper special, which is the um, division that I'm entering. But, you know, I think I think it's worth worth a pun, you know. Um, mm. And if it, if it pays off, then I win a reward. I'll 10x my investment, just just like that. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's a pretty low-risk strategy. So, I don't know, that's kind of what I've been trying to do because, you know, things change just so rapidly and there are so many things out of your control. Um, and I think my time is just much better spent, um, you know, working, in, I suppose, in the real world than on server with the budget that I have. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, oh, what was I going to cover off next? I think um, one thing that, uh, one, one theory I have actually, um, just having seen prices move, and I'd, I'd be interested in your thoughts on it, um, is it looks to me like when you know the Ethereum price uh, dips substantially, the Ethereum values and uh, for cards on Surya goes up. Like people end up paying more in Ethereum terms. Have you, yeah. you, you like observed that at all? Or yeah, I've observed that quite recently. Yeah, like I'm looking at um, a lot of the probably top performers um, in Asia, and I think that's why um, you know. The scores were so good in Asia this week because most of the mainstream players scored really well, like 60 plus scores, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're looking at these players, let's say, um, you know, with a minimum value of 50 US dollars 
and you look at like um, their price in Ethereum terms, all of them are pretty much increasing price over the past week. Um, you know, for example, uh, you know, Lars Veldvike, Schultz, like Schultz has absolutely exploded. I don't know if you've seen that. And there'll be some recent sales for him for like a thousand bips, bro. It's absolutely wow. nuts. Um, and yeah, Joe Min Q, like his price has exploded. I think it's like I've doubled my, um, you know, like his, his price has doubled since I bought him a couple of weeks ago in ETH terms. Um, so yeah, a lot of these players there. Um, he has also price performed really well. has absolutely exploded. Um, yeah. yeah, there are a few cases where some of them um, have stayed the same, but yeah, I've, I've definitely noticed that trend as well, Joel. Yeah, because I just, you know, saw the, as you would have, you know, the, the gallery absolutely take a beating in, in US dollar terms. Um, <laughs> over uh, like was about a week ago when you know ethereum took a big hit um over a couple of days um and yeah i've since noticed the, the prices come up a bit i think um yeah and just just even observing some of the commentary on on twitter i think uh, even just myself you know looking to you know added a small amount of funds and small in relation to um the total uh, value of the team but you know um, having just observed people, you know, using those as an opportunity to add new funds in, um, I think you know there is still an element of pricing driven by fiat. But my my theory is that you know, over time it's going to increasingly be driven uh, on Ethereum terms because you know when you've when uh, you know, you're transacting in in so so rare you're transacting in in Ethereum. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, when it comes to, you know, um, I, I guess it really depends how you want to play so rare. Like if you're someone that is long Ethereum, like you, you know, you believe in the long term of it, like, like me, you're probably not that worried um, about, you know, the fluctuations in, in price uh, of Ethereum uh, and thinking more, okay, like, you know, yes, I'm getting offered 170 bips for this one player, and 170 bips now is worth a lot less than before. But, you know, if my belief is that it's going to go back to, you know, the same price it was in US dollar terms, then, you know, now is actually a great time to be to be selling, um, you know, and, and building up a bit of a uh, Ethereum war chest, so to speak, um, yeah. versus, um, you know, having it all invested in cards. Not that I think it's bad to be picking up cards, you know, because you can even, even when Ethereum, um, if it does, you know, recover and, in price which i think it will but um if it does you know i don't think that necessarily all cards are going to go you know back the other way in ethereum terms and in pricing but i think there will be some of that that pressure um going back um the other way um when, when you're when you're like doing your um buying and selling it's something we've 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 talked about a little bit um but like the new versus old cards thing and i think this is gonna yeah. become much like it's we haven't seen it too much like discussed too much i think um around the place like i've i've listened to a few different podcasts and i've seen it talked about a little bit but i think because we've not had especially in limited we've not had um any um like you know uh, new, like new limited cards come out before the start of a season or um, at the start of a season for like all the European leagues and um, that you know, obviously those leagues being far more followed 
by like majority of people that play so rare. Um, yeah, well, how much does the the car like the the new versus old and the experience point you know boost associated with the card? How much does that factor in for you, or how does that factor in for you when you're when you're like looking to buy cards? Um, I think you actually made a really good point of this, Joel, um, the other day that I didn't really think about. Um, so I think I think I need to do an example here. So let's take um, Juno Mano, someone that's been very kind to you, bro. Let's just take a look up on the server right now. So he obviously has a um, old card for Osan, and he has a new card, right? So I think his floor. Um, I'm just having a look myself now, just for this example. So he is valued. His floor is. Uh, 190 bips or 39 US dollars for his uh, old card, whereas his cheapest new card is 46 dollars, so or 225 bips. So that's about probably a 10 percent increase in price draw from his old card to his new card. With yep. the floor, 10 percent, give or take. So I think what you were saying, Joel, the other day, which I really liked, is like, are you prepared to have, say, the new cards? Um, maybe they can inherit you um, a 10 percent better reward. So rather than maybe finishing, you know. In a mid tier two, you finish in a high tier two, and your reward would be more than ten percent better. So, that's kind of—I probably didn't explain that very well, but you know, are you prepared to pay twenty percent more for a new card, but therefore you probably need to be getting twenty percent, um, you know, yeah. higher or better rewards in a sense. That's probably what you should be thinking about. I think that makes a lot of sense, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, I think my my approach is this player that I'm looking to buy. What am I going to use them for? Because, like, if it's specialist and underdog, you know, the experience boost is meaningless. Like, it's it's pointless. And I made the the example to you, Jack, of um, Mulich, Mulich. You know, the, yeah, the um, the striker for Seongnam. I mean, ironically, I ended up buying his his uh, new card because I think it was about the only one available, or I picked it up on an auction or something and got a good price. Yeah. But um, you know, it's unlikely that. I'm ever going to be using him in one of my all-star teams because I'll generally have better forward options available. But um, because of him, you know, being a forward that has a low average score but has that, you know, that's potential to to get decisives and, and score decently. If the manager <laughs> departs or uh, finally picks him for a game, then um, you know it's uh, he's, he's going in that. You know, the underdog that's that specialist team and so whether it's a new or an old card is kind of irrelevant um and it just seems to me that people are way too um obsessed with new cards um perhaps it's the design as well people you know people always want like they like new you know like having lots of new people are tired of old card designs and people will be tired of these card designs in a, in a year as well um but predominantly uh, every you know every time I've gone to look, you know you're looking at like 20% price differences, and for me I, I struggle to to see that as justified. Um, mm. You know, anytime there's there's a decent supply of a player, we're always seeing, unless they're like really like a scraping the bottom of the barrel kind of player, where they're not actually worth that much. Um, you might see them trading around the same price, but um, yeah, just that's something I've um found interesting uh, what what sort of price premium would you pay though from like a percentage point of view like yeah just um i think 
probably my general rule of thumb is just picking up players um, for a new card. It can't be more than 10% of the um, floor. That's usually what I look for. So that yep. Junamano, I'd be very heavily considering picking up the new card there. That, that was because that's bang on 10%. Mm -hmm. um, it depends, although like, am I going to use Junamano in, you know, as you said, am I going to use him in Asia or All-Star or am I going to put him in my specials underdog team where the experience um, points aren't necessary? Um, mm. However, what I will say is though, um, underdog and specials could change, right? Um, I think you've yes. got to think, you know, from a um, so rare perspective, right? They're obviously making money um, minting the new cards, right? So they're, they're going to want to um, say, hey, please buy the new cards. Um, they want to make sure that there's you know, mm. lots of demand for the new cards so they're making the most money possible, right? That just makes sense from a business point of view for them. So maybe in the future they could change it. Um, I think they most. will. Mm. Yeah, because I think you get to a point where, because none of the old limited cards are getting removed from the game, you mean, sure, some of these players are going to retire, but you're getting, um, at least for now, until we've got um, like a regular supply of well, a regular number of players retiring and and new ones kind of coming into the game, you know the the pool of usable cards is going to grow, um, you know, increasingly over the next few seasons. There will come a point where there's probably like a like a maximum um, number of usable usable so players. Um, like that that percentage is going to um, it's it's going to be like a, like an exponential curve over the next couple of years where you're going to see, um, you know, the, the total supply of usable cards, you know, rapidly grow, particularly the next one or two years, which, you know, could have some, some drastic impacts on pricing, I think. But um, over time, you're going to see that sort of level off. Like if you've, if you've got 10 seasons worth of cards, right, 10 seasons worth of like, you know, 4,000 players, um, you know, that's that's 40,000, uh, well, 40,000 times a thousand so what like 40 million <laughs> um cards if I've, I've got my maths there yeah um you know adding another um uh you know another uh or so cards on top of that you know it's it's only like a 10 percent increase in the total number of you know, cards that, that exist whereas you know going from having like only one um, season of limited cards, we've got, you know, say 4,000 usable cards times, you know, 1,000, um, you know, that's uh, 40,000. Uh, 40, oh, I'm getting struggling on my math here. <laughs> um, if you're going from about like 40,000, no, it'd be 1,000 cards times 4,000 players. So that's what, 400,000? Yeah, 400,000. So it's about 400,000 limited cards, you know, potentially a season. If you've already got, you know, 400,000, you're adding another 400,000, that's 100% increase um, in the supply. And so I think, um, you know, the impact that we're seeing now on, um, you know, pricing is significant. And, you know, because of that, they, you're really wanting to draw people towards those new cards. But I think the draw towards new cards in the future will be less and i think syria probably moved to um offering uh or not not offering um even maybe that five percent bonus possibly well, they might still do that but they'll probably start charging um i suspect like a a, um, a fee like on the secondary market um 
because yeah, I just I just think that that demand's going to change. Anyway, that was convoluted and <laughs> confusing. Well done if you managed to <laughs> stick with that. <laughs> Probably a, a a bigger topic there to to, to think through and, and go through. Anyway, um, all right, Jack, we'll um finish off with our uh, our favorite segments of uh, the rubbish bin and spicy deals have you got someone uh, for me for uh, for the rubbish bin this week um give me a minute bro give me a minute let me just look through um some of the sm5 because scores over the recent game weeks let, let me know who you've got well I've, i found one uh got so surely others um listening must relate to this you know, like having about a million blooming Surrey data tabs open, honestly. Usually a good like eight to 10 Surrey data tabs <laughs> open perpetually on, on my uh, on my browser. Um, we have a new record low jack um, for, uh, for, for L5, for having started all five. Um, absolutely blowing Kim Young bin out of the water for, for, for rubbishness. Um, which is totally a word. Um, he plays, he's the goalkeeper for, I think it was Guntomatic Riyad. Riyad. I've got him in front of me, bro. Um, oh no. Yeah, hold on. Uh, oh yeah, you, you can, you can talk to him. 20, 23 L5. That is, that is absolutely like amazingly bad. Yeah, I'm gonna look through his uh, stats right now. Oh yikes! Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Um, actually, I think he plays for the same team as um, an under twenty three goalkeeper. I don't know what the story is with him. I think it's Hadel, Hadel, H E D L. Maybe I've got the wrong club. No, Haas. Oh no, maybe here's the regular this guy, Samuel Sahin Radlinger. Yeah, oh, so pretty, uh, pretty woeful. Last, uh, Actually, Joel, last I think month. I think I found I'm gonna one up you here, bro. I've got someone with an L5 of 21 in their last five and an L15 of seven. Nah, uh, that's well, yeah, arguably. But he doesn't have it, he's got three cards, he's got, yeah, three cards, and, so. and it's because his coverage um ended on Syria um a while back because I think mm. he only he's only had two games covered. I don't know what the story was with Bate. Oh, it was probably um, might have been like Europa League or something um, mm. qualifier. So yeah, no, uh, unbelievable to have an L five twenty three having started all five um, games. Um, they had a he had an early to goal in one game, a conceded penalty with a thirteen point five all around score. Um, when you when you Top score in the last five is thirty six point four. You know you're in trouble. But um, I had a look, bit of a look into these guys. Wow, he had a fascinating ga- game in game week two fourteen, where he had an assist, had an assist, a penalty save, conceded a penalty, and an error led to goal. All in one <laughs> game. <laughs> so he ended with no decisive, <laughs> two positive sides, decisive, and two negative sides. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Uh. Wow, and then he had absolutely no decisives um, apart from some clean sheets um, for basically 10 games either side of that. 
what a what a game that was. Um, but yeah, I looked into their team, uh, Reed or Reed. Um, they uh, yeah, they're in the bottom six in uh, the Austrian Bundesliga in that relegation playoff, and it's a dramatic one because uh, there's four teams that can still get relegated with one game left. Um, the bottom team, uh, Cash Point, um, they finally won a game, and they're still bottom, but they are two points behind uh, second to last, third to last, and fourth. Well, fourth to last. Um, and Red's one of those teams. Um, so uh, if Cashpoint win, then there's a decent chance one of these teams could be relegated. But um, at 300 bits for this goalkeeper, Jack, if they survive, what do you reckon? Could could the rubbish bin in this case actually be, um, you know, worth the, the dumpster dive? Oh, probably not, bro. Probably not, to be fair. I mean, to be fair, I haven't really seen him play. I've never seen Reed play myself. So... It's a bit harder to say than Kim Young-bin. Kim Young-bin is still a definite no, but uh, yeah. Well, he did get sure a, a, what, a 46 last game, Jack. Oh, that's unreal. <laughs> I think there was actually a moment in time he was above a 60, which is unheard of, but I knew he couldn't sustain it because it's Kim loft, Young-bin. Loft, yeah. he, he got a bit scared. The, the air up there was, was too thin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway, we should, we should do uh, spicy deals. Anyone you got, Joel? Yeah, spicy deals. Well, See, I had Lee Yong in here. I've had him in there for a while, but every game week there's been um, basically a like a slightly better option that I've focused to. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug Lee Yong here. Um, so 35 year old, so he's not not the youngest, but plays for Jombuk um, in the K League, uh, and also as a Korean national team player is typically the starting right back, although. He could possibly have lost his, his place there, but he will almost certainly um, go to the World Cup. Um, not that we'll probably still be holding K-League players given that then, given that's the off-season. But um, yeah, quite a decent player. Um, has had some injury troubles so far this season. Um, missed the Asia Champions League entirely due to um, COVID um, issues. And then uh, has taken a couple of games to get back into the John Book team. Even earlier this season, it was out with a it was a broken rib, something that, that occurred, uh, I think, in one of the international um, games at the start of the year. But the the reason uh, I've got him as a spicy deal is, yes, he's 75 bips, which is, which is not super cheap, but not particularly expensive. But this um, John Book team is defensively very solid. Um, they don't concede a huge amount of goals. Um, if you look over the last one year, his um, average AA score is 19.8. Very solid. Um, and crucially, previously he's played as more of a fullback, um, which has resulted in you know, a lot of crosses into the box. You know, typically that's bad and so rare, lots of like positions lost. But they are really looking to play him more as a right centre-back in a bit of a back three, I think, or at least that's been the indication. And uh, the the one game that we had recently where he played in that position was their game against Sean Blue Wings in game at 259, he scored an 83.4. Had a superb game, got a double-double, um, had a whopping seven duels, one, 
three interceptions, plenty of passes, like a you know possession score of 36.4. Um, it's pretty superb. So, yeah, I can see him um, you know, actually having some some good scores, getting getting back in the team again. Um, so, he is my pick. Full disclosure, I own two of them. I am a little bit tempted by his, his rare card, but um, yeah, given given the just the recent injury record, not not entirely certain, but for the price, uh, I think is a is a really great option. So. He's my my uh, my my spicy deal. Um, I did actually have a note here as well that um, John Book haven't lost when they've been playing three at the back. They haven't used that formation too too often, but they haven't lost when playing it. And um, I think that he um, actually is quite a good fit in that. A lot of experience, um, and I think he's got a at least another one or two seasons in him. Even though I probably won't hold him beyond the end of the season. So. That's my spicy deal for this week. Um, what about you, Jack? All right. I need to make a couple of comments first before I go to my spicy deal about uh-huh. John Buck and Leon. Yep. So look, I, I don't rate the John Buck manager. I I yeah. I don't like this young man manager, but I don't like the John Buck manager. He's my second manager that I like know, second least dislike. favorite. Second least favorite. That's that's yeah. the one. Dude, like I feel like all they need to do, yeah. I think uh, they could play five back, but they should have three players up top. The names are Barrow, Udrachenko, and Castano. Start them every game. Have your 11 best yep. players on the pitch. Have their fullbacks just whipping balls all day long. Dude, look, yep. I'm telling you, man, that is just the play. Like, just totally agree. for those three forwards. Like, seriously, I just don't know what they're trying to do. Just does not work. Like, play your strengths. You've got three tall, amazing forwards, two good crosses on, on the fullbacks. Captain solid, stack their midfield. Good to go. Like, they're a competitive side there. I just don't know what they're doing. Yeah, Honestly, I totally agree. Like, like last game that we watched, day, eh, like when they won, oh, it was the one-all draw, and they looked by far the most threatening when they just resorted to that tactic. Just put it in the mixer. Put it in, put the, it mixer. in the mixer. Um, like, it's, seriously, it's they, not a trick. Like, it's a yeah, like, it works for them. They've got yeah. Gustavo's gonna Gustavo isn't gonna lose an aerial duel, and neither is Ochenko, and Barra's gonna get the second ball like he did on the on the weekend and score the yep. goal. Like it's just as simple as that. I, mean, I was saying it all game long. Like, I yep. mean. Yeah, it's not, it's not the prettiest thing, but it's what they're good at. And I think you even said the previous season with Lee Young, like when he's whipping in balls, like that's when they're threatening yeah. and scoring goals. So again, not the prettiest thing, but gets the job done. And I don't know. That's that's what I'd be doing if I was the, the John Beck manager, and I don't see why he's not doing that. But yeah. regardless, my spicy deal is uh, Ki Sung Young. I think uh, I'm looking at all the sole players right now. Um, and yeah, he I think I think he presents the best value. Been really impressed with him. Um, past two games and if you compare him to Ozma, Ozma's now twice the price which yeah you know i i think i do rate Ozma, but i don't i think he's young is much better value personally um i don't own him but i am maybe looking at picking him up because not only is he playing uh gang one next game or souls playing gang one next game uh that's away from home but they've got strong name at home next game and yep. for those that are unfamiliar with watching soul they keep position all game long and i'm totally pass, convinced pass, they're going to do the pass, same pass. thing against yep. They're going to do the same thing against Young Nam at home. Like they're going to have totally. 98% position, and yep. that means Kees Young is going to be just racking up points all game long in that game. Yeah, and yeah, I think for his price, like I can see a couple of 60s coming. I think he's got a favorable fixture in 274 too. Uh, I know he's playing at home. Yeah, like I, I think he presents pretty good value to be honest. Like uh, as I said earlier in the podcast, like it's just probably a pretty low risk option. Like I can't see, you know, from just playing so rare for the past couple of months, him depreciating more than 
40% in value unless he gets an injury or maybe a suspension. But um, yeah, I think he presents really good value, to be honest. The interesting thing about Seoul as well is, and I'd forgotten this until we're just looking through the scores now, but they start their first five games of the season were away. First five in a row. So yeah, they've had a lot of home games recently. Yeah, yeah. And so they've they, been they scheduled to play a few too. Well, they've they've played seven away and five at home thus far. So mm. you know the next three games just brings them back to to even basically. So yeah, my one my one worry is that they might rotate against Yongnam. Not too sure. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I mean I just don't know who they play in that holding midfield role when that um, centre back really. So yeah. I, I don't really see it. I think they'll just like take the mick and just play Lee Hanfian, Osmar and Kisiyang, just pass it around and give it to the forwards and they'll win convincingly. I mean, that's what I see anyway. People mm. may disagree with me, but I don't think there'll be many. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I struggle to, to think who they're going to play um, as, a, as an alternative to him. But yeah, yeah I mean, have, I'm a believer. Ricardo Silva's gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know him, but that's just something someone I'm looking at mm. right now. I'm like, yeah, he he looks like pretty good value from my point of view. Well, clearly, I'll happily agree with uh, any spice deal you plug that uh, I own. <laughs> <laughs> totally unbiased. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, to close out, Jack, um, what is your something something we haven't done before? What do you predict will be your best reward of the game week? What are you going to hit this game week? Um. I think I'm going to hit a rare and special stay. I think there's a real good opportunity there. Nice. Um, and if I don't, I'm going to be heading a high tier reward in Asia. So I think one of the two. Okay. I, yeah. How about nice. you? Nice. Me, um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm confident of um, probably tier two rare and specialist, I think, um, will come this week. And um, I'm picking it's going to be a tier one limited out of underdog. That's. That's why I'm, I'm expecting. But yeah, go in with hope of uh, huge rewards in, in every lineup. Yeah, I think they were pretty competitive. They were all capable of a tier one plus, I, I think. Mm. So, well, hopefully the goals and games go away, Jack. A um, reminder you can uh, hit us up on Twitter at SoRareGrind. Thank you to all those um, that have been following and um, commenting on different things we've been running. Email us um, on soregrind at gmail.com. That's us for episode six. We'll be back again with episode seven before long. We'll look at um, the international break that's coming up and uh, talk about how fantastic game week uh, 271 was. That's us. Later.